0: Hey, everybody, Jeff Zimfer. Welcome to another edition of the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. Can I tell you how much I appreciate you? You ever heard that song by Van Morrison? Have I told you lately that I love you? Well, I definitely appreciate you for tuning in listen, this is a labor of love right it 's not easy to produce a podcast consistently and heads up for those of you that might have been just coming around recently i 've been doing this since January of two thousand and sixteen um, and I wouldn 't or couldn 't do this without your feedback, your input, and in letting me know that this makes a difference that's that 's really what it 's all about is making a difference in your life, your career, your business, helping pave the way help help shave off some of the lessons. Give you nuggets, right? As a matter of fact, my new my new slogan might be more ideas per minute than any other mortgage podcast out there, and that definitely speaks true of the podcast episode I just recorded today for you, which you're listening to right now. But before we get there, I got to give a shout out, as always, for somebody leaving a review. And if you haven't left a review yet on the interwebs, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you do. I'll reward you with some podcast swag. Get a free T-shirt from me. Okay. So here's the latest shout out from Fresh Guy uh, who says, great content. Jeff always delivers high quality guests and content for anyone in the mortgage industry. Highly recommend. Uh, Fresh Guy goes on to say, I'm a pro member now as well. And his site content is very thorough and helpful for my business. Fresh Guy, what up, what up? You got t-shirt swag coming your way. Here's how you do this, folks, is you leave a review, hit me up, Just message me on Facebook or email me, podcast at mortgagemarketingradio.com. Let me know you left a review. Give me your address and your preferred t-shirt size. We'll send you a little swag as a thank you because I do appreciate you. And that lets me know that you're listening and you care. All right. So now the other thing too is Fresh Guy happens to mention that he's now a pro member. And listen, if you guys have been listening for some time, you listen. I'm just going to cut to the chase, right? What are you waiting for? Right? If you've heard me enough by now, you believe that I'm a big advocate of building your business both online and offline, right? Locally, belly to belly, face to face with real estate agents and other referral partners, but also leveraging uh, online and becoming a modern mortgage originator. What I find is most loan officers are looking how to bridge that gap. They're looking for how to quickly and easily get in front of maximum realtors in a minimum time and generate consistent, dependable referrals. Well, we help you do that in the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership, as well as give you tools, training, and resources to help you get started with video, Facebook ads, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is you want. Hey, want to learn more? Fresh guy checked it out. He's now a pro member. You can go to mortgagemarketing.pro. Check out the free video we put up for you there. It'll explain everything. If it's right for you, we'd love to have you in. All right. Let's get into this week's episode. My very special guest is Ryan smith a producing branch manager out of Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, Ryan, by the way, shout out to you, man. Appreciate you. You're a longtime listener to the podcast as well. And also shout out for uh, your team, Danielle, I believe. Danielle's the one who turned you on to the podcast. And so shout out to Danielle, I guess, especially, right? Because she introduced you to the podcast. So thank you, Danielle, for bringing Ryan and I together. And Ryan's a stud. Ryan's a rock star. Listen, in 2018, Ryan closed 212 units for $42 million. Uh, the year prior, 2017, closed to 168 units. So, folks, we're seeing some growth. And this is where I got the idea of more ideas per minute than any other mortgage podcast out there. That's because I drill Ryan, right? I press him, I push him. Uh, he showed up with his game face on, ready to go, and prepared to talk about his main source of business. The thing, and we talk about a lot of different things here, right? Um, but we really unpack one of the key areas of business for him is yes, real estate agents. I have him unpack how he prospects real estate agents. He's going after teams specifically, how he differentiates his value proposition, you know, things like that. But also, we unpack how he's leveraging client appreciation events. This is oftentimes you don't hear a lot of loan officers doing this, right? Some you do, but not a lot, right? It's it's a big play in the real estate space. But listen. You need to start doing client appreciation events. Team up with other folks in your office if you need to to generate enough attendees. Team up with a realtor and combine your past databases. Right, whatever the case is. But Ryan, I, there's three events in particular that we talk about. Uh, we talk about his uh, toys for tacos, which is an amazing idea. We talk about his summer picnic, there's a movie he event, movie events he does also. And this is just a great crash course on what's working for generating your business today what's working now, what's going to work long-term, we unpack the Zillow conversation and all that kind of stuff. So this is a great crash course in how to be a, both a modern originator, but be an originator who uh, still leverages the foundation of this business, which is relationship to get referrals, to build your sphere of influence, and build a very profitable, highly successful business. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode as much as I did interviewing Ryan. So without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Ryan Smith, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the opportunity. You betcha. So the listeners heard the formal intro before we uh, got started, but I always like to allow you to tell your own personal version of the story. Tell us a little bit about Ryan Smith, what you're all about, and uh, why do you still enjoy the mortgage business?
1: Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Like I said, um, I am about 20 years in, coming up on 20 years into the mortgage industry, and uh, you know I've been with Guild for just about seven months now. So I work at Guild Mortgage. Um, I'm a father, got two kids, two teenagers, loved golf, loved a boat, loved live music. And uh, what I love about the mortgage business is it's ever changing. Every day is a new day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For real, you know, every day, is, every day is new. And I love that aspect of our industry, along with obviously helping people in the homes. It's, it's a pleasure to be able to do that.
0: Fantastic. How many years have you been originating? 20?
1: coming up on 20. Yep. Wow. This wow! will be my 20th year.
0: That's the battle scars, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Been through a couple wars for sure.
0: <laughs> no doubt. Uh, give us a sense of uh, 2018 units and or volume.
1: Yeah. So 2018 was my best year personally. Uh, it was 212 units and uh, just over 42 million in volume. Got it. And you are in,
0: is it Madison, Wisconsin? Yep. Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. Got it. Okay, great. Congratulations to you by the way. That's that's huge. So it was your best year ever. Uh in comparison, what was twenty seventeen then in terms of units? Do you know do you know roughly? Yeah, I think
1: twenty seventeen was one hundred sixty-eight for units, um, which was like thirty six or thirty seven million.
0: Okay. So what do you attribute the difference in the growth there from one hundred sixty eight to two twelve?
1: Well, I've been in coaching, so I'm a core. I'm a core guy. Um, I've been in coaching for a long time, and it, I felt I feel like uh, last year was kind of a culmination of a lot of the work that's been put in. I feel like my team was optimized. Um, we were really clicking last year, mm. and uh, that's a big thing, you know. When you're building a team to get to the point where everybody's truly on the same page and working in in step with each other, and last year it just it just all clicked. So, uh, along with you know a, a healthy market around here. Um, yeah, it all kind of built up. A lot of the coaching that I've done had all built up to last year, and and uh, we we caught momentum at the end of seventeen, and it, it it just took off from there.
0: Okay, so when you say your team, I'm looking at your website here, um, but it's probably easier easier for you to tell me who do you have on your team that supports you. Yeah, the rules are.
1: Yeah, so you, you've heard the terms loan partners, right? So I have a, a loan processor. I have a front end uh, LP um, at Guild. They call them LOAs. Um, and then I have a team captain, as well as a marketing coordinator uh, who helps us with, you know, videos and online marketing, digital marketing, and also helps me with presentations and lunch and learns and happy hours and things of that nature.
0: Who, who on your team is dedicated solely to you?
1: Carol, Noel, and uh, uh, Rebecca. And that's a three-person team in the loan production piece.
0: Right. Right. Now I'm asking just to clarify, right? Because sometimes there's shared resources, like you mentioned, your digital marketing support person. I imagine he or she supports other people just aside from you.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Danielle's our digital marketing uh, person and she supports my whole branch. We have four total originators, so she's pretty busy with, with all that.
0: All right. So you have a dedicated loan processor and LOA loan officer assistant who's dedicated to just you. Yes. Okay. All right, cool. No, thank you. And, uh, and again, I'm just articulating that for you listeners right now who are often asking those questions yeah. like how do I grow? How do I get to the next level without having a dedicated person, you know? How long have you had a, you know, dedicated processor in LOA? Well,
1: that's a good question. I think probably 3 or 4 years. You know, a lot of shared resources building up to that. You know, 6 years ago I didn't have anyone on my team and you just put, put building blocks in place, um, but I would say probably three or four years to have a, f- a fully dedicated team for
0: myself. And do you recall what production level you were at units-wise, for example, um, when you made the decision that you needed your own dedicated people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do, yeah. I had, I had uh, taken a step back and done a little bit more management, um, and so I was my production was way down. I was doing about three loans a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in the core and, uh, for those of you who know, the core, uh, that strategy doesn't work well for the people that run it. <laughs> and so they told me, you know, you gotta, you gotta get out of management. You gotta get back into production. So it was kind of a rebuilding at that point. Um, that was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I started the process of building a team and it's hard to build a team when you're doing three loans a month, you know, it's hard to justify it. It's hard to take that leap. Um, so sometime in 12, I think we hired our first person. And uh just build from there, of course, when you build a team, you know there are you go through some people occasionally and you got to get you got to get uh you know in step with who you really want and that was a process in it of itself, yeah. building the right team, so um, that took some time as well
0: all right, so you decided to get out of management at this point you're doing you're producing self producing about three loans a month, and through the coaching through the core, et cetera, you realize in order to really grow you've got to get a team so is this your own money you're investing to bring on these dedicated people? That's another great
1: question. I, I run a branch,
0: so I'm a branch manager,
1: mm-hmm. and um, I have a P&L. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, wasn't coming out of my pocket in the sense that I, I was um, you know taking it out of my commissions, mm-hmm. but it's coming out of my profit center. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different when you're a branch manager and you have a P&L. Um, yes. So it n- wasn't personal money, but it was obviously being taken out of the P&L.
0: Okay, let me ask you a question this way then. Uh, at what point, in ter- in terms of uh, units production-wise per month, uh, would you suggest the loan officer um, seriously consider investing a percentage of their commissions towards a dedicated person?
1: Yeah, the million-dollar question. <laughs> I've talked to a lot of people about this, you know, because it's that's always the question. The people who are doing three to four loans a month you know, think they've got to get to five or six before they hire somebody. And the reality is they're never going to get to five or six or, or most of them won't get there in my experience without hiring someone. So, mm. um, I I'm an all in type of guy and looking back on it, I wish I had, uh, jumped a little sooner. Um, I would say if anybody has some experience and they're bringing in leads and doing, doing deals that they should jump in and hire somebody. Um, every time I've hired somebody. You know, my business has improved um, because of it. It will happen if you follow the system. So I don't know. I think that if you think you might want one and you're passionate enough about getting there, I would go ahead and do it and take the plunge.
0: Mm. Well, it's it's an interesting discussion um, in terms of like the ability to grow, like you said. Uh, and it's it's a tra- it's a trap. I'm sure you see it firsthand as well. But it's this, this cycle, this vicious loop that LLs get caught in. Where okay, now I've I'm originating four, five, six, eight loans a month. Whatever that that's it's in that sweet spot there. I think four to eight where things get a little yeah. bit hairy and hectic. And yet they're they're having a hard time justifying that additional cost. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I just think it's I, I think what happens in in my experience is you're going to go four, then you're going to do eight, then you're going to do two, then you're going to do seven, and then you're going to go up and down because. When you get success prospecting, you bring the leads in, you work the leads, and you close loans. And then the month that you close them, you weren't prospecting. So right. um, I think you ride the roller coaster. And and I just think if you get to the point where you're actually bringing in leads, you know, you got to get to a point where you actually believe that you're you're going to be successful and you can see it happening. I think that mm-hmm. the first hire is essential to keep you in prospecting mode and keep you out of working loans. You know.
0: Yeah. So your first hire is like uh, perhaps a LOA or dedicated processor? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah I think you, the first hire is somebody answering the phones and helping you with, you know, helping with a lead tracker, helping intake, loan applications, helping your schedule, keeping you in green time, as they say, and mm. keeping you going forward and, and always, always prospecting as well as keeping you organized. You know, that's the other thing. Salespeople, most of the people I know aren't, aren't naturally super organized. So right. keeping the calendar organized, keeping appointments, you know, you know, confirmed and, and collecting documentation and, mm. you know, doing all the mm. things that most salespeople, especially in this industry don't like doing or aren't
0: naturally good at. Any, any secrets to finding the right person? <laughs> <laughs>
1: man, I'm really blessed. I have an amazing team. I really do. Uh, my, my LOA, we joke about it all the time. She was running a restaurant. Um, before I hired her and, uh, that I was most interested in that because I've, I used to work at food service. So Hmm. I knew that she could multitask and deal with people and, and, you know, deal with people who aren't always going to be happy with what's going on and, you know, be able to handle lots of situations. So I believe in profile, uh, disc profiling, you know, I think you got to find the right person and the right personality for the job. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I guess the advice I would say is try to interview as many people as possible. And, um, you know, don't just jump on the first, uh, resume that you see, but you want to find somebody that is going to be good naturally at what you're asking them to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad you brought up the disc. Cause I was curious about that. I'm a big believer. Use it a lot, uh, in some of the coaching that we do. And for those that are listening, want to learn more about the the disc, I'm actually going to provide a link in the show notes to one of the places I used to go for the disc was Tony Robbins as a free disc. Yep. Uh, know, That's what that I one? used to. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So I'll put a link for you guys in the show notes. The cool thing is like you take your own disc, right? You get to learn about yourself, who you are, have your spouse take it or somebody else in your life, right? Cause it helps with communication. Um, yeah,
1: but then also we take it, it on hiring. the team. Yeah. 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 Well, we use it for hiring, but we also use it inside the team. Once a year we kind of, uh, redo it, look at it. You know, uh, I have to remind myself to pull that out sometimes and mm-hmm. figure out maybe if I'm having a communication issue on the team, why, and maybe I need to reread their disc and just kind of, you know, recenter myself on what is the best way that person needs to be communicated to. So, Ex- um, absolutely.
0: Good stuff. All right, yeah, cool. It's all good so, stuff. so, you mentioned, um, you, you know, as long as you, regarding hire somebody, bringing in leads. So, that's a nice transition in, into bringing in leads. Common question I ask what's your main source of business?
1: Realtor business. Large majority of my business is, is working with real estate teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to work with the teams. I would say second to that, it would be business people, you know, I'm mm-hmm. in a, I'm in a BNI group. I still go and do that. Um, okay. work a lot with, you know, some insurance agents, accountants, attorneys, um, but mostly large majority would be realtors and, you know, past clients
0: in my database. Sure. All right. So I want to touch on those you, you clearly specified teams, just make a note here, past yeah. clients, you are proactively pursuing teams versus individual agents.
1: I started to a couple of years ago. Yeah. I just started to realize that you know, while I have a team and different people do different things to help our clients with the level of service we want to provide, I started to realize that people who run teams understand that and they understand when they refer, it's a different referral because they're referring the same type of service that they are trying to provide to that client.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: what I find is that the client who generally wants our needs that and understands that is going to appreciate that on my end as well. So, Hmm. um, you know, they feel well taken care of by the realtor because maybe they have a transaction coordinator or, um, you know, some sort of assistant helping them get set up and, and taking care of them. And then they're referred to a lender who has the same process, but I've just found over the years that it, it, it seems it's like, we speak the same language.
0: Yeah. Um, roughly how many teams do you work with right now?
1: Um, I would say, Considered legitimate teams, probably five or six. Uh, yeah. A couple of them are are you know large large teams in our community,
0: and they make up uh, uh, roughly. Again, you don't have to be exact because I didn't prep you for any of these questions. But as I told you yeah. before, you never know where this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> uh, roughly, what percentage of your biz, your purchase biz, does uh, those five to six teams make up?
1: That's a good question. I should get that it's official data, but my my initial feeling on that would probably be over fifty percent okay, got it
0: got it. How many of those I, I'm sorry if I'm like going deep, but I, I really think there's value in this conversation right here. What's the seasoning or maturity level or you know time that you've been working with those five to six teams? are any of them newer or most of them have been established for some time with you
1: um I would say most of them are are teams that i've built over time. Um, One specifically, I'm thinking about um, one of my top, you know, business partners or referral partners. Um, I did his first deal. So he was a listing agent. I did his first deal. We went to coffee and he just said, you know, I want to build a team. And, And I think it's five years later, he's got a massive team and really just was one of those agents that, that, you know, took mm-hmm. it and ran with it. Um, so it was very organic beginning, I guess, to somebody that literally, you know, did their first deal. Um, but I would say a couple of the other ones, two, three, four years, you know, I, I, I you know, you're always trying to cultivate that. The, the interesting part is, is just like in, in mortgage realtors leave teams, right? So agents get big and they want to start their own team. And so that's a whole another uh, challenge for us is, is, you know, maintaining those relationships when they leave the team that we're Mm. we're in lockstep with, you know?
0: Yeah. Cause they go to somebody else who's already got a mortgage lender set up and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Or they're starting their own team. Right. And they, they want to go off on their own. And so now they're going to build a team and, mm. and, um, you know, sometimes I have success with that. And Honestly, sometimes they get influenced in a different direction and, right. you know, going back to the prospecting thing, you always got to be prospecting because you never know what's yeah. going to happen to the, the the business partners you
0: have. Well, there's a couple of lessons I want to highlight from, from why I asked you those questions. Um, number one, that agent who's now this big team uh, was a new agent. You did his first deal. Now, five-ish years later, you're still working with him. So that goes to the question that people often ask, should I pursue new agents as a loan officer? Hmm. Yeah, That one worked out pretty good.
1: (laughs) I love new agents. I love uh, meeting with new agents. We try to bring them into our office and meet with them as a team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we obviously are starting that meeting on more of a base level of how can we help you, you know, maybe maybe some education, you know, give you the basics of mortgages and loan mm-hmm. programs if they want it. Yeah. Um, A lot of the new agents come in and just start smiling because they love the fact that while they don't know what they're doing, they're going to have someone that takes care of them. So Let me ask you, I, did, I love you, working with new people.
0: Yeah. I mean, first of all, they're green, they're eager, right? They don't have any of the uh, bad habits yep. perhaps yet. But is there any way, I don't know about you, but sometimes, I know, I like to think that, and this might just, I hope this doesn't sound like egotistical, but, you know, sniffing out a good realtor versus a not good realtor. Do you have like a radar yeah. for that or a process, you know? I wouldn't say that
1: I have a process, but I think through some question and answer, you can figure that out. Even, I mean, not, not just in real estate, but any salesperson, you know, do you have, what's your process? What's what, your business how, you know, plan? What's your plan? Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Do you have a plan? <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have a plan? And, and, you know, before Zillow and, you know, I know you, you've you had some recent episodes about Zillow and different lead sources before those lead sources, you know, you meet with a new agent and you ask them that question. And it usually was something along the lines of my sphere, you know, mm-hmm. and they didn't really have a plan. And now a realtor can become a realtor and start doing a lot of business right away because they can buy leads and create that lead source right out of the gate if they want to. So it's interesting. I've seen some agents go from new to six, seven, eight, nine, ten million in the first 18 months. And prior to online lead sources, that was, that was not possible. Or if it was, it was a very small majority or minority. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this question. Um, when you meet with the agent uh, uh, under the prospects of, let's say, potential partnership, right? We'll set yeah. aside how they came to it. But let's just say the, the understanding is we're going to talk about a potential partnership. How long do you wait you know, to, to see momentum from that agent? Or do you have, you know, how do you handle that process? And what I'm dealing with is the classic question of met with the agent, crickets, nothing. You know what I mean? How do you address that?
1: Um, I think that that's a constant struggle for everyone. You know, you have to have a plan. Um, I've struggled with this over the years, but you have to have a game plan, right? We all go to coffee, we go to lunch, we go have meetings. What do you do after that? So mm-hmm. that's where the core has been great. You know, I have a, I have a follow-up plan. Um, I, I try to regularly communicate with them again. It's just, I look at it like it's just relationship building. You know, I met with them. Great. We got along, you know, now what? Mm-hmm. So, um, we have a We have a little marketing program that we we plug people into just to stay in touch with them to let them know that we can cover them on the weekends to let them know a little bit more about the process to invite them to our events um, you know and we kind of plug them into to our marketing strategy but yeah, it's a constant struggle because you do get to the end of the year and you realize you met with a lot of people. How many of them are you actually still in communication with? Cause you really can only have so many relationships, right? So I'm a go deep type of guy. Um, yeah. I'm not great at the, the wide net strategy. Um, I've tried both and, you know, um, I've just found that I'm, I'm a lot better when I can go deep with somebody and get to know them and, and, you know, earn that trust legitimately and, and, mm. uh, build a a solid relationship.
0: Okay. What's your process then for marketing to agents? How do you get those meetings and stuff?
1: First and foremost, I I communicate directly with all the listing agents on every deal. Um, I make a phone call to them. As soon as the contract comes in, I introduce myself, introduce our process. I ask them if there's anything I need to know about the home that uh, would be of use. And I ask them how they want to be communicated to Mm -hmm. and let them know that I'm going to do my weekly update status call to them. Usually they say something along the lines of, wow, you know, nobody does that. And then, you know, you kind of look for that that. opening, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you look for the opening, right. And then, you know, depending on how they react, I usually try to start setting the table that I want to meet them and, Uh, every week when I'm calling them, I'm, I'm updating them, but I'm marketing to them. I want to meet them, um, and, and get to know them as well. So that would be first and foremost. That's how I meet most of my new agents is off of transactions where we, we do a good job and we kind of earn that meeting.
0: Hmm. Do you ever get the pushback? Hey, I'm a listing agent. Appreciate it, but all the time. Yeah. (laughs) How do you handle that?
1: Yeah. I usually say, well, you know, people selling homes are usually buying homes. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, let me let me see if I can help you market your home, first of all. Um mm. And if anything, I would love to meet good people. So that's great. Um We'll probably run across each other at some point down the line. Mm. And it would be great if we at least had met and talked for 10 minutes. You know, really, that's I just try to convert it that way. Sometimes right. it works. Sometimes they're, they're pretty opposed to it. But, you know, Madison is. Probably five hundred thousand people, if you take all the surrounding areas, and it's a it's a it's a pretty small town when it comes down to our industry. So, yeah, I usually just say, "Hey, we're going to see each other again. I'd love to meet with you for a few minutes." And and uh, and you got friendly people in Madison. Everybody's friendly up here in Wisconsin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they certainly are. It's different than New York City, man. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's transition then. Thank you for sharing all that. I want to transition into what I thought was yep. a really cool thing that I see. I saw you doing, I forget where I saw you post this, but your past client strategies. And this is one of those key three pillars of business you mentioned, right? Is past clients. And it's one of those things everybody knows, but not everybody does. So there's a couple of things I wrote down. I'm, I'm trying to f- decide where to, l- let me just do this. You consistently do client appreciation events at various times throughout the year, right? Yes. Okay. What I'm looking at is you do movie events, you do an annual Toys for Tacos. All right. Let's talk about that. And you do a (laughs) summer picnic as well. We'll come back to that. But what, because everybody kind of knows what the movie event is. I've talked about it before. Yeah, of it. But anyway, so tell me what Toys for Tacos is.
1: Yeah. So I I poached this idea sitting at a core summit. Um, Greg Gale actually down in in Arizona was talking about it. I believe he, he said something in passing that he did an event. And I just kind of poached it and started doing it. Yeah. And and what it is, is we have a local uh, organization in our county, The Road Home. Uh, it's called The Road Home, and they help homeless families. And so we put an event around it around Christmas time saying, hey, bring, bring an unwrapped toy or a donation and we'll buy tacos. And we hired an authentic taco truck, comes to the office. We do it right here in the office. So we're bringing people in here and uh we you know have fun with it i wear a i wear a santa claus costume and people bring toys is this we at christmas time tacos is this in december we do it in in it's in the first I, I believe the first week of december is generally when we do it really organic it's not it's not super uh you know scientific we we, we d- decorate the office and and you know do some fun things but legitimately a taco truck right out our front door people pull up they drop toys in a bin grab some great tacos usually people start hanging out it's kind of grown so now it's it takes over the whole day we've got people in and out of the office it turns into kind of an open house yeah um and at the same you know in the end of the day we take you know several pickup trucks or a trailer load of toys over to the charity and you know it's awesome it's a great event
0: and well it's a, it's a unique to See our clients unique. engage in it it's a unique thing i mean who would think toys for tacos right that immediately yeah. gets your attention
1: and who doesn't love a taco you know,
0: even in December. uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's funny, man. I like that. Great idea. So how long you been doing that one?
1: I think we're entering our sixth year. This will be the sixth one.
0: Yeah. And so you get a parade of, is it one day you do it or is it over the course of several? Just one day. One day. All right. So you get a parade of people coming in, like lots of people coming by dropping.
1: A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the business community supports it as well. I mean, a lot of our realtor partners, business partners come, but we also have a lot of clients that come and, you know, they'll bring toys. Some of them go, you know, crazy and bring a lot of toys and some of them just bring money and put it in the donation bin, but it's, it's really become a big thing and, and people look forward to it. A few times that the news came out and put us on the news. Uh, Yeah, it's been fun, you know, and a couple of us wear costumes and have fun with it. It's a great time.
0: Yeah, yeah, you said you're Santa, man. You're Santa all day, eating tacos, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, there's another one you do a summer picnic. Have you already done that this year? Yeah, we did it uh, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think. All right, so tell us about that. That's food trucks, yard games. Where do you do that at? Yeah, we pick a
1: park. You know, just a, a park uh, centrally located in Madison. And again, we rent a pavilion. It's got you know, a, it's a city park, so it's got all the the places for kids to play. Um, we grill out and have a organic uh, picnic, meaning, you know, it's, it's uh food in Nesco's and, and, you know, not really a, c- a catered event, but it, the food, you know, we throw out a salad and whatnot. And, um, then we have, we had a client who ran a ice cream truck. So mm-hmm. we hired them mm-hmm. to come and set up the ice cream truck. And so it's, it's a cookout with an ice cream truck and yard games and face painting. This year, the, the girls in the office added face painting for kids the a huge hit. Yeah. Um, the best part about that one is just seeing the families, right. you know, right. um, seeing people come out, hang out. We set up yard games. It's a great time to sit and chat with people. Um, so I've always you- said that realtors get to spend more time with clients than we do. And that's, that's one event, you know, we don't get to drive around in the car with them and showing homes where we're usually meeting with them once or twice. Yeah. And, you know, this is a good way for us to stay really connected to them.
0: Um, so these are all your past clients. Are you inviting uh, all your realtors or how do you select?
1: Um, we, we invite
0: business partners
1: and a lot of the realtors we've worked with, we've done business with them. So they're clients. Um,
0: okay. So it's like you would also, you would also go to the realtors. You've worked mutual clients and say, Hey, invite your clients to this also. Yeah, no,
1: we haven't. I mean, I that, that would not be opposed to that, but we haven't really taken that angle. Okay. Um, okay. it's, it's mainly our, our client base and we market it solely on, on our own merit.
0: Okay. And so you're like doing email, what else are you doing to, to promote it? A lot of video.
1: Um, okay. yeah. we do, do email video messages, try to also have fun with that one too. So, you know, try to make the video funny and, and get them intrigued to, to come out and have some fun.
0: Yeah. And I've seen you on video, by the way, you're, you're good on video and guild helps you guys apparently with video, huh?
1: Yeah, they have a good platform. Guild has a great marketing program, uh, marketing department. They put out good looking content. Um, I mentioned Danielle earlier. She's, she's our in office, um, marketing coordinator. She edits all the videos. We have built a little studio in the basement and, you know, she has to make sure she's following all the rules and and get everything approved. But we bought some video software and, and, uh, You know, twice a week, I go down in the studio for a couple of minutes and shoot a video. And
0: yeah. Well, listen, for those listening who don't have that resource, look at that, that. Don't let that be a roadblock for you because there's plenty of people right in your backyard who can edit video. You know, you could set it to Fiverr. Obviously, people know that. I just, you know, hit up young people. You know what I mean? Whether it's your if you're yeah. like kids, that's circle of influence. Go to the local college, whatever it no, is. Don't. I don't want to hear the BS excuses about, hey, I don't have that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You don't, you don't need that. I mean, and our setup is, is a green sheet and a few lights. I mean, it's not, when I say studio, yeah. you know, we're, we're adding pieces to it, but it, for years before that, it was, it was, I mean, at one time it was cell phone, you know, someone standing with a cell phone in front of me. So I would say the message is just do it because I think there are a lot of studies. I'm not a marketing major, but there are a lot of studies about the more organic, the video or more raw, the video, right. the more people watch it and like it. So right, right, uh, something
0: to be said for that too. Exactly. All right. So um, those are all good ideas, and those obviously, I'm going to assume you know it's probably a dotted line for business, but you can track that's or- an organic way to generate business referrals for you, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, you know,
1: we have had a, a um, that's been a challenge for us is figuring out how we're going to fully track business that comes in from video marketing. Sometimes you know they called off of it because they tell you they saw your video about refinancing. You know, I did a refinance video last week. Sent it to my clients. Nineteen people emailed me back in an hour. Obviously, I can track that. Wow. Um, but I've done I've done other videos where you know all of a sudden someone you haven't talked to in six years or haven't had a lot of communication will will call you, and you know I, I don't can't directly attribute it to the video or to the thing they saw online, but usually that's what I chalk it up to. Cause I stayed in front of them in a relevant
0: way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right time, right place. I want to quickly ask you about the video email. 19 people called you. Are you using, what do you use to send that out? Is that bomb bomb or something? Or?
1: I use bomb bomb. Yeah. I used to use cold video when I came to guild, they like bomb bomb. So it's both great companies, but yeah. Okay.
0: Um, Just wanted to clarify for those listeners. They're like, how does he send that video? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very easy. It integrates right into your email. It's amazing how easy it is.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. 19 people called man. Fantastic. Something I wrote down, letter from the heart. That was just a, a reminder for me. You know what that is. Tell us what that is.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a core teaching, right? I think, I don't know if it came from, but even before the core, obviously, but it's, it's an organic letter that you send out to your clients, your realtors, your business partners. And I do it once a quarter. And my stance on it is, is I'm just trying to relate to them as a person and a friend, not necessarily always marketing myself. I do want to stay connected to them in a, in a personal way. So I write letters about my family. I write letters about experiences I've had or lessons I've learned or books I've read and send it out. You know, it's a little out, outside of my comfort zone to be honest with you. And, and so I have the, the team here pushing me to write the letter and putting deadlines around it. So I do it, but yeah, I do it. I share it with my wife. She helps me edit it, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's usually something personal about our family or about something we're doing. And yeah, It's amazing how many people relate to that. You know, everybody, I get emails and calls about whatever I wrote about. And those are my favorite because they're usually really, really genuine reach outs.
0: I'm trying to understand getting a little more, what I'm thinking of, and this might not be accurate is, you know, you get those like annual letters from people at Christmas time. Here's what our family's been doing. Is it similar to that?
1: Not really. No. No. Um, I I mean, some people might do that. I, I, um, the last letter I wrote was about my son, 16 years old. He's driving now. And Uh, it's amazing to me how fast uh, that went, first of all. And second of all, how much I don't, um, I don't get to drive in the car with him anymore. So I used to take him everywhere and that's where we would talk. And I just tied it into, Hey, you know, just a little message of something, something that was on my mind and you know, if this, if this, uh, if you can relate to this, you know, Mm -hmm. in some way, you know, and I usually try to tie it into, you know, keep the message consistent. They're not long letters. I've sent some out about music. You and I chatted a minute ago about, about music. Um, I'll send out, you know, a cool musical experience I had, or, you know, and I'll get people to reach out to me and say, you know, I love that band too, or something Mm -hmm. like that. Miracle Morning. I wrote about that when I read that Mm -hmm. book, I had people reaching out, you know, asking about more, you know, I still have people tell me that they read that book and changed things in their life because I sent a letter. I don't want to take credit for that, but you know, those are, those are cool uh, ways to stay in touch with people that is different than me, you know, marketing to them with a, a note about refinancing or something. Hmm.
0: I love that, man. That's, that's awesome. That's, 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 you know, reminds me of the question of what can you do that fill in the blank Zillow can't do Amazon mortgage can't do, you know what I mean? They can't do any of that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. They can tell you if you're out of toilet paper, but, (laughs) 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 you know, um, which kind of leads me to, uh, let me see here. We got to wrap it up in just a few minutes, but, um, again, I'm looking at my notes. So I wrote down from, from the last conversation we had is if I'm correct, maybe this was you saying this, that agents are tired of your calls on, you know, Mondays, right? Like, Hey, what's up? You got any leads from the weekend for me? Right. Which I know the core obviously teaches calling on Monday or Tuesday. Right, Mm -hmm. so I'm just curious if you approach those calls differently or what?
1: Yeah, I've tried to change my strategy. You know, I was never good at the. uh, I don't think I still am good at the the generic Monday call. Um, Mm. You know, did you work or play this weekend? Um, You know, do you have any clients I can help you with? I'm trying to get better at that. But again, I was saying earlier, I like to go deep, so I'm looking for ways to stay in touch with people legitimately and, and, you know, honestly to, to stay in relationship with them. Mm -hmm. I'm also trying to find the people that I feel like we have genuine connection and interest and become friends. And so my phone calls are more along those lines, you know, and, and then when I'm calling newer agents, I am legitimately asking them, is there anything you need help with right now? Is there anything that I can do to help you? Um, Hmm. Uh, we're using, uh, you know, we're using different strategies in, in, you know, trying to help them market their homes. So list reports is something that I use. I'm mm-hmm. sure, um, you've probably talked about that before, but you know, the nice thing about that is it's a, it's a way for me to communicate with agents. That's something that's free to them that they can use to market a home. So I'm calling and talking about those things. Um, hmm. I use HomeBot, uh, yep. for my clients. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about that is I get a lot of people that reach out to me and want to know, is the value in HomeBot accurate so I can call the agent and ask them to do a CMA. Mm-hmm. Again, hopefully adding value to the agent to let them know the client might be interested in selling. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to find connection versus more mm-hmm. generic calls.
0: Mm-hmm. Anything you're doing differently or testing out or moving into the second half of 2019 or looking forward to 2020? Anything you're doing you want to talk about there? Um, I would
1: say that we are really focusing on my team, the speed and efficiency, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as the, the world of mortgages changes and becomes um, faster and more uh, technologically advanced, we've got to stay ahead of that. So, you know, we're doing 17 uh, day guarantees underwriting pre-approvals. You know, a lot of people are doing this, but we're trying to put our buyers in the best position possible to make the strongest offer. And what we're finding is agents love that. So my team specifically right now is focusing on efficiency, speed, over-communicating, you know, all of the things that we should always be doing, but Um, at the same time, we're a relationship business. We're trying to also take advantage of day one certainty and, Mm. um, you know, all of the the pieces of technology that are available to us to actually make a mortgage, uh, efficient and quick, um, you know, you got to have the right people in place to be able to do that. Before I had a team, I would have never been able to tap into that, but we're trying to really, really focus on that because that's the future. You know, I'm reading and hearing that, you know, 10 day close is coming within 10 years. Right. So if that happens, how am I going to stay relevant? If, Mm -hmm. If I want to be the relationship guy, well, I've got to be the relationship guy that can do the 10 day close or whatever it ends up being. Um, you know, loan commitments don't need to be 30 days. Now they're 20 days or less. Right. And you have to be set up to do that. So everyone on the team has to be ready to be able to perform with that. So we're doing weekend coverage. Um, I'm trying to, to let realtors know that, that we're available on the weekend. So my team rotates, someone's on call every weekend and we send out a video and a, you know, social media post saying, Hey, Ryan's on call this weekend or Rebecca's on call this weekend. And if you need anything and what we'll have is agents who we don't work with will need a pre-approval Saturday afternoon and they will reach out to the person cause they got my email. Um, so little things like that, just trying to trying to be different and unique and not the same as, you know, who our competitors are, which are not, are not doing any of those things.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I think that's the you know, the big questions comes back to, uh, Like I said, you know, what can you do that Zillow can't do, for example, because we know they're in the mortgage business now and are going to to continue to be. And I don't know if you you caught any of this, but Inman Connect happened in Las Vegas this past week. And uh, one of the little snippets I saw shared was that Rich Barton, the CEO of Zillow, um, basically said, you know, he firmly believes that the consumer should get uh, the real estate transaction in one place, both find the home, close the home and get the mortgage all in one place. Um, Comma. He doesn't. He, he is not trying to displace or get rid of real estate agents. He's, you know, he basically said real estate agents aren't going anywhere. And this is like a whole different other another debate. We don't have time for. Uh, but um, I think w- what I'm taking away, why I'm saying all this, is this: is, is that because will they get a percentage of the market? Yes, right. I mean, look at Quicken. Right, does a ton of business. Have they displaced all the other mortgage professionals in the country? No, right. Neither yeah. will Zillow Mortgage. Cause there will always mm-hmm. be people looking for the, the value, right. And, and, and people will always look for that value. There will be that percentage that look for nothing but price and efficiency and speed. And we all want efficiency and speed, but we all, we want value and expertise at the same time.
1: Yeah. So I think that our agents, I think the key there is the agent, yeah. the agent wants, the agent wants certainty. Mm-hmm. And at least in, in Wisconsin and in Madison, when, when our agents hear quick and pre-approval they're they're doing their best to let their client know they should really consider someone local and someone that they can go sit down with. Um, and we have their support, I feel, in our community, and I think that will continue. But you're right. People want a relationship. They want advice. You know, you're borrowing hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, you, you need to know that you're not just clicking a button and borrowing that. You should get some advice. We don't invest our own money. You know, you should, you should, you you know, I don't think you should do your own taxes. I think you should pay a professional to do those things. And I don't think that's ever going away. I think it's going to condense things and going to make things harder uh, to stay relevant and stay, stay in that position. But, you know, it's always going to be there, my opinion.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny about that. And you look at the, the so Real, Realogy and the partnership with uh, Amazon and um, CEO of Movement, Casey Crawford came out and I thought made a nice highlight about that is that, so So what's happening there? What's happening there is, first of all, all they're trying to do is give some credits, right, to, to buy Amazon stuff or whatever, if you choose a Realogy Realtor. Um, but, but that's still keeping the realtor front and center to the transaction. Yeah. Know? So that tells me, that tells somebody like you, those that are listening, for the noise that's, you know, th- you know how this is, there are always people that's saying, loan officers, whoever, are like saying, pursuing agents suck, they're bad, they're terrible, right? All the noise we hear about why agents are terrible. Well, yeah, there's some bad agents out there, right? Like the podcast you just listened to before with Michael Hellickson. Uh, why are you working with the bad agents then? Because you know? yeah. they're still going to be at the center of the transaction.
1: There's bad carpenters. There's bad everything. You know, <laughs> you, right. you, every industry has good and bad. Right. And you're right. You should seek out. You know, that's why we, we work very hard at our reputation. Our online presence is very important to us because uh. you should seek out. When you go to a restaurant, what do you do now? You read Yelp. You find out the reviews. Should I go there? They serve good food. Is their service good? You know, that's what the consumer's doing now. They're, they're reviewing that. I tell, people tell me all the time that they were referred by their agent, but they read about me online. Yeah, that's like great. I, I welcome that. Please do, you know.
0: Well, let's um, let's. I want to highlight that real quick because I, I had uh, overlooked. I wanted to bring that up real quickly because that's a that's a salient point for what we just said. Uh, we know people are going online researching. They're googling long keywords like you know mortgage per in in Madison, Wisconsin. Even if they use mortgage broker, in, you know what I mean. You want to come up with those those yeah. those keyword terms. But you said something critical, which is even. If a realtor's referring you, they're still going to hop on Google and do a bunch of research, and they're finding the Ryan Smith team at Guild Mortgage here with eighty five five star Google reviews. Man, that that's awesome. That's credibility right there. I appreciate
1: it. That's something that we've worked really hard on, and and uh, they're all they're all organic. You know, they're people using our names and talking about their experience. And I just had two people call me uh, yesterday and say they you know frustrated with where they're at, and they read my reviews and want to talk about, you know, getting the same level of service that, that everyone wrote about. So awesome. I don't think that anybody these days calls. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, I don't think that, that many people call without at least looking you up yeah, and right. figuring out who you are.
0: Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. I'm curious real quick. How do you get those people to post online reviews? Is there a process or a system?
1: Yeah. So after a loan closes, right around the time the first payment is is due, we do a, a courtesy call to them to make sure they know where their payment's going and they've gotten their paperwork and they're set up. Um, we ask them how we performed for them. You know, we 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 set an expectation in the beginning of what our goal is, and I I plant the seed that at the end of this, I'd I'd like to ask you to provide an honest review online. And so I asked them legitimately, how how did we do? And good, bad, or indifferent, I ask them to fill out a, a review online and share it with the public. And most people say yes. Um, not everybody goes on and does it. But mm-hmm. um, usually, if they say they will, then we track that and we, we check to see if they've done it. And then I'll make one more call if they haven't done it a month later to just say, hey, would you please mind providing us a survey? And usually, a you know, we'll decent percentage will go out there. We started that a few years ago and we lost some of them when I transitioned to guild, but you know, it's, it's a great way to provide honest feedback. And I am truly looking for honest feedback. If somebody says something wasn't right, that's fine. I want to know about it because it's going to help us improve. And they also love hearing that.
0: Are you using a software for that? Or are you just like sending them a link or what?
1: I have a link. I just email it to them and say, is it okay if I just send it to your, your email right now?
0: And, and yours is, is it Google only? Or are you giving them choices?
1: I asked for Google um, and that was uh strategic uh, several years ago because I feel like people Google for a mortgage versus going to Zillow or something. Yeah. I have some Zillow reviews, but not many. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I think our, our, Um, people are are generally Googling that. So yes, I only go, I only ask for Google. We do get Facebook reviews and stuff, but Mm -hmm. Google is what I'm seeking.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Smart strategy, man. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, look, this is, we've, we've got a lot of nuggets shared in here, man. So for you listeners, give a shout out to Ryan Smith on the socials, on the web, whatever. If you like this episode, leave us a review. Ryan Smith, I can't say enough, man, for you making time to be here. Appreciate it.
1: I appreciate your time, Jeff. I'm a big fan of the show and keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate what you do for our community.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And listeners, as you know, I appreciate you. If you'd like to leave us a little love, uh, do that. You know where to do that. Subscribe if you haven't yet. And uh, we will see you on the next one.
1: Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com.